The Chicago Blackhawks losing streak has reached four games after a pair of losses over the weekend. I'll go over my takeaways from both matchups, and I'll also talk about how the special teams is killing the Hawks recently in all of these close games. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman 2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, please make sure to go and show some support here real quick if you haven't done so already by smashing that like button, commenting down below, and of course, subscribing to the Lockdown Blackhawks YouTube channel. It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free and really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to take care of that real quick. And you can also go and turn on those push notifications if you're wanting to get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. And today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is brought to you by GameTime. Go and download the GameTime app right now and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off to the sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right, good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And again, thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your week, even though I do believe at the time of this recording, it is Monday morning, but I believe I'm actually going to be dropping this episode on Tuesday because I do want to get out my recent conversation that I had with Blackhawks defenseman prospect Ethan Del Mastro. If you haven't checked out that episode yet, please make sure to go and do that. The video version is uploaded on YouTube. The audio version can be found wherever you listen to your podcasts. A really insightful conversation that I had with Ethan talking about his World Junior Championship gold medals. The kid has three of them under his belt. Uh, his final year of junior hockey, getting traded from the Mississauga Steelheads, a team that he played a long time for, to the Sarnia Sting. And then, of course, most recently making the jump to the professional hockey scene and how he feels things have been going for him thus far down in Rockford. Again, make sure to go and check out that conversation with Blackhawks defenseman prospect Ethan Del Mastro if you haven't done so already. But getting into the NHL squad, the Chicago Blackhawks, we got a lot to talk about here on today's episode because it was a busy weekend for our Hawks with a pair of games, their second back-to-back, I believe, in the last three weeks. First on Saturday, kicking things off with the Nashville Predators out in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena, and then coming back to Chicago for a matchup on Sunday with the Buffalo Sabres. But starting with the front end of the back-to-back for the Blackhawks, which was a Saturday afternoon contest out in Nashville, 1 p.m. Central Time puck drop, which, by the way, get used to those Blackhawks fans. They're also going to be playing the Toronto Maple Leafs on Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. That's right, Blackhawks fans. We have Black Friday Blackhawks action. They'll be taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs at 1 p.m. Central Time. And then on Sunday, I forget off the top of my head who they are playing 
But that game is also going to be starting at 1 p.m. Central Time. So get used to those folks. Uh, but with this 1 p.m. Central Time puck drop, that meant the Blackhawks uh, weren't going to be able to go out and have some fun. The youngins weren't going to be able to go and uh, paint the town red out there in Nashville prior to this game. But it kind of looked like uh, they did go out the night before based on how the start of this game was. The first few minutes now weren't terrible for the Blackhawks. They actually generated a power play just 20 seconds in and had some decent puck movement. But as the period went on, uh, things slowly started to turn into Nashville's direction. Uh, the momentum started to float onto their side. And by the end of the opening 20 minutes, the Blackhawks found themselves down by a pair of goals. Didn't help that they took a couple of penalties there late in the period as well. And uh, kind of a defensive, a pair of defensive blunders by Kevin Korchinski on the opening goal, uh, turning the puck over in the D zone and then not really being tight enough on his defender, um, which allowed the Predators to take that one nothing lead. But it felt like whenever the Blackhawks, the rest of the way, whenever something good happened, they weren't able to kind of sustain it. They weren't able to let that take over for a five, 10 minute stretch. No, it was kind of just a lot of one and dones and kind of the story, how I feel personally about a lot of these matinee games that the Blackhawks have been in the last few years. It just feels like it doesn't ever go good for them or offensively. And that's kind of the same against the Nashville Predators. For whatever reason, it feels like the Blackhawks are always offensively challenged against this Nashville Predators team. Even though UC Saros wasn't in that like I originally expected, it was actually former Blackhawks legend Kevin Lankinen who got the nod in net for the Preds. Um, he still did a pretty good job of, of shutting down the Blackhawks and never really gave them any life despite them being in it right until the end. Got to give credit to Philip Kurashev for cutting the deficit in half. He remains one of the bright spots for the Blackhawks here in the early going. That cut the lead to two to one there in the second period. But as I referenced, the Hawks wound up giving one right back to the Preds. And then in the third, Tyler Johnson with just about six minutes left, scores a goal through traffic. One of my big keys to victory for the Blackhawks in this game was to get bodies in front of the net, score some gritty goals. And Philip Kurashev did that. Tyler Johnson did that but it wasn't enough for the Blackhawks to come all the way back. Nashville goes on to add the empty netter to seal this one four to two. And the Blackhawks continue to struggle in Nashville. I posted this on social media, Blackhawks fans, or just against the Nashville Predators in general. Since the 2017 Stanley Cup playoffs where the Preds swept the Blackhawks in the first round, the Hawks are now 8-16-4 in 20. Eight matchups in the last 28 regular season matchups with the Nashville Predators. And out of those eight victories that the Hawks have, six of them have come via a two to one final. So this group, for whatever reason, just remains offensively challenged against this Predators bunch, even when UC Saros uh, isn't in the lineup. And that led to the Blackhawks dropping their third straight game on Saturday afternoon. A couple of key takeaways that I did want to talk about before getting into Sunday's game against the Sabres. My probably my biggest takeaway from this game was Arvid Soderbloom just continues to struggle in net. He's now one and six on the season. All the underlying numbers, the goals against average, the save percentage have not been very good. And quite honestly, all three of these goals that he surrendered on Saturday afternoon, none of them were like all that, uh, they were they were ones he should have stopped, in my opinion, is what I'm trying to get at here. The first one was a shot from well out on top of the dots that beat him glove high short side. I, I don't believe traffic was really in front of him. 
Um, to be fair, Kevin Korchinski shouldn't have allowed that shot to get off, but definitely shouldn't have been one that Soderblom uh, allowed. And then the other two were just a pair of kind of shoddy rebounds. And that's been a problem of his early on the season as well, giving up rebounds, being a little bit scrambly in that, getting out of position and make no mistake about it. It just has not been the start that I'm sure Arvid Soderblom wanted to have, or that the Blackhawks front office were looking for out of him in the backup role. And Now the Blackhawks defense hasn't really given him a ton of help at the same point in time. And it doesn't seem like this, you know, slow start is impacting Soderblom in terms of like his psyche or mentally he seems focused and it doesn't seem like he's getting frustrated ever out there. It seems like he's always kind of cool as a cucumber, but yeah, it is a little bit. um, The Blackhawks were wanting him to kind of take that next step this year. And I know he's still young and this is his first full-time NHL season, but They had kind of been hyping him up these last couple of seasons, and there have been a lot of reports saying they believe he could be the goalie of the future, and he just hasn't showed that at the NHL scene thus far in his young career. So there are some concerns there for for Arvid Soderblom, but at the same point in time, Drew Camesso and Jackson Stauber are the one-two down in Rockford. You're probably not sending Arvid Soderblom back there, and you're probably not calling up one of those two guys because they just need experience first things first. So Regardless of the struggles, I do fully expect Arvid Soderblom to remain as the backup here for the Chicago Blackhawks at the NHL level, but hopefully he'll be able to kind of get it going here soon because make no mistake about it, it has been a little disappointing the last couple of weeks with how he's played in net. Also, the one of the biggest things about this game and one of the biggest things that kind of has become apparent with the Blackhawks over the last couple of weeks is it feels like they're just not a team that's very good at converting at the finished product. And even sometimes it feels like they get too picky and they pass up shot attempts that, you know, seem clear cut and ones that they should absolutely shoot. Um, But it feels like they're just really struggling to get the finished product. They were right there in terms of some of the deeper numbers with the Predators. Uh, They both wound up with 31 shots on goal. The Hawks actually led 10 to 9 in terms of the high danger chances, but the Preds were the ones who did the better job at getting the finished product. That has been a problem for this Blackhawks team this year, and it's kind of been the usual suspects that have been carrying the mail for them the last week or two. The top line, Connor Bedard, Philip Kurashev, Tyler Johnson, who scored in this game for his fifth goal of the season. He's now second on the team in goals. He remains one of the consistent offensive threats, but feels like it's been the usual suspects for the Blackhawks here. And when, you know, the usual suspects are 18-year-old Connor Bedard and Philip Kurashev, who, yes, he's had a great year, but I think he's he's still figuring out the offensive side of things for him personally. It's going to be a big ask for the Blackhawks to kind of rely on those guys to do enough offensively to lead them to victory. I think that's been one other noticeable uh, aspect of this Blackhawks team throughout this little losing skid of theirs is they've been relying on the usual suspects and they're going to need other guys to chip in if they want to get over that hump and come away with victories in these types of games. All right, there are my thoughts on the Hawks' 4-2 loss to the Nashville Predators on Saturday afternoon. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into Sunday's matchup with the Buffalo Sabres where the Blackhawks got the same same final result, but certainly put together a much better brand of hockey. But first, I need to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to the next big event, and game time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have used game time since I was back in high school when I was 
you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, trying to go see Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves down at the United Center, or even when uh, I've been traveling the last couple of years and going to different cities. If I want to go and catch a sports game or go catch a concert there, I always make sure to go and check out Game Time. I personally love Game Time because they always have views from all the seats in the venue, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. And it's always been the fastest and cheapest way for me to purchase all of my tickets. Go in and download the Game Time app right now. I highly recommend it, folks. And make sure to go and create an account if you haven't done so already and to use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps for $20 off your first purchase. Again, all you have to do is get uh, is use the promo code, excuse me, Lockdown NHL in all caps, and you can get $20 off to go see Connor Bedard at the United Center this season. Again, it's as easy as using the promo code Lockdown NHL in all caps when creating an account with Game Time. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, Game Time. All right, segment two, getting into the back end of the back-to-back that the Blackhawks had this weekend, which uh, was back uh, at the United Center on Sunday with their first matchup of the season against the Buffalo Sabres, a team who's heavily in the conversations right now to nab former Blackhawks three-time Stanley Cup champion Patrick Kane. Uh, But obviously that was not the, the talk of this matchup. But I do believe that is something to keep an eye on this week, Blackhawks fans. Where is Patrick Kane going to end up? Seems like the Buffalo Sabres could be in the mix. I personally think it's a little bit far-fetched, but it does seem like the clock is ticking, and I expect Patrick Kane to be making his decision within the next week. But getting into this game against the Buffalo Sabres, before we actually break down the game itself, what I have to start with is the interesting decision from head coach Luke Richardson prior to this game to uh, have Lucas Reichel get bumped up to the Blackhawks' top line with Connor Bedard and Philip Kurashev for the first time this season. And it's been a debate that Blackhawks fans have been having for quite some time now, and Lucas Reichel obviously went through those struggles to open up the season. I believe it uh, it took him 10 games to get on the board, but he has been playing a bit better here as of late. Oh, funny how that works. You give him an opportunity on the top power play unit. And in his first game there, he scores a goal. Well, in his first game on the top line with Connor Bedard and Philip Kurashev, he sure looked the part. And now that Reichel isn't going to be playing center, it looks like they've kind of moved him away from that second line center role. And Tyler Johnson has been the one who's been playing there recently. I think it does only make sense to go and load up on that top line. Not only because, you know, he's, in terms of skill-wise, probably the player other than Taylor Hall, in my opinion, who can keep up with Connor Bedard, and they play very similarly. Uh, and obviously, as two young prospects of this organization, there's a lot of hopes that they're going to be playing together for a long, long time. But also, just because you need to get Reichel's confidence going, you need to get him believing that he's on the on the right path here, and he's on the verge of a really big breakout. And I think only you know giving him an opportunity with Connor Bedard I think it makes a lot of sense to help him out, both in terms of what he can do on the ice and also in terms of mentally, because I'm sure it has not been a lot of fun for Lucas Reichel here at the start of the season. But those three together against the Buffalo Sabres yesterday, or I guess on Sunday, this is going to be coming out on Tuesday. uh, It was fun to watch, and it felt like the Blackhawks were putting together sustained offensive zone time. They were actually 
cycling the puck in the offensive zone for the first time in quite a while. Uh, lots of good things came from that trio. They put up really good numbers as well. Uh, I have them written down here somewhere, but I'll, I'll get to them in just a little bit. But the Blackhawks in this game most definitely played a better brand of hockey than they did on Saturday against Nashville. Quite honestly, uh, at Bridgestone Arena on Saturday, it was a little bit flat. I thought the Blackhawks just couldn't really build anything together. It was kind of one and done, one shift done. There was nothing any, never, never any sustained pressure, never sustained offensive zone time in and out and uh, just kind of relying on the big dogs to get it done. And this one, I thought, even though it was a little bit of a shoddy start, once again, they fell behind one nothing early. The way that they played in the latter half of the first period was a, a good sign of them moving forward, what they were going to show us the rest of the game. The second period is really where they got themselves back into the game. They managed to tie it up. Philip Kurashev stays red hot with his fourth goal of the season. Uh, or excuse me, Taylor Radish, Philip Kurashev set him up for Taylor Radish's third goal of the season. Philip Kurashev uh, with the primary assist. Kurashev went on to score later in the period with just a couple of minutes left to tie the game with his fourth goal of the season. Got a little bit ahead of myself there on a Connor Bedard rebound that gave the Blackhawks a situation that they've been pretty familiar with for most of the season going into the third period, neck and neck tied up right in the game, need to come away with a good third period in order to go and win the game. And I thought they played well in the third period and they probably deserved better than what the final result gave them. The only goal of the final frame was just an absolutely unbelievable move from Sabres defenseman, Eric Johnson, a couple of quick stick handles and then beating Peter Morazic. Uh, top shelf, nothing he could really do on that one. The Blackhawks came with a good charge in those final few minutes, and they actually hit the post with like 0.3 seconds to go, um, but just ultimately come up one goal short. But this is the style of hockey that we would like to see from them on a little bit more of a consistent basis, right? Even though they didn't get the final result, this is something that we can hang our hats on. A lot of good work ethic, a lot of good fight right until the final whistle. Uh, but I thought it was funny. It was kind of like, um, similar to the, the game against the Boston Bruins in Boston where they got shut out. A little bit of just a tough ending to it, probably deserved a little bit better, but that's just hockey. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Both those games, though, after this one, Coach Luke Richardson once again kind of called out his team a little bit, saying, you know, we need to do a better job on home ice. We need to make this a tough building to play in. And the Blackhawks still only have one win at the UC this season, which came against the Florida Panthers, which your boy was in attendance for. Um, and look, there's a lot of stuff, like I said, as a podcast, I was here, a lot of stuff that we could be proud of the Chicago Blackhawks for in that game on Sunday. Luke Richardson was not having that. He was not feeling the same way. And this is another good example of what makes Luke Richardson, Luke Richardson, and what separates us from him. With our mindset, we're like, oh, yeah, we know the Blackhawks are going to be bad this year. At least they showed some good signs of life. At least they uh, showed some good resiliency against this Buffalo Seavers team and fought all the way into the end. That's kind of all we can ask for, right? Luke Richardson does not feel the same. He wants to see his team take these next steps. He wants to see them winning games. And he's well aware of the situation that he's in, right? He knows this Blackhawks team wasn't put together to go out there and win games consistently. But I love to see him still pushing those buttons still trying to get the best out of his guys and really sending that message across to these young players here in the locker room that 
moral victories aren't going to cut it. This is the NHL. You need to look, there's a lot of good stuff, but you need to execute. You need to go out there and get the final product. And that's kind of eluded the Chicago Blackhawks here in the last couple of weeks. And quite honestly, for most of the season now, for us as fans, is that the most surprising thing? No, not not at all. This is what we were expecting from the Blackhawks this year. But Luke Richardson, he's not going to be satisfied with that type of uh, mentality. He's ready to try and push these guys to get over that hurdle and to um, kind of show them that it's going to take more and more to win in this league on a consistent basis. And again, I think that's a good message to be kind of drilling into these youngsters' heads that the work ethic, it's going to have to get to another gear if the Blackhawks want to be where they want to be in terms of uh, inside that locker room. If they want to be winning games, they're going to have to play a whole lot better than they have here recently. I love to see Luke Richardson still kind of emphasizing that message, even though it was a game, like I said, where I thought the Blackhawks kind of deserved better. But some of my big takeaways from this one here real quick, Philip Kurashev, I mentioned in segment one, continues to be a bright spot, picked up where he left off on Sunday uh, with a goal and a primary assist. And that now gives Kurashev, 10 points through his first 10 games this season after uh, missing the first six due to injury. He's been spectacular and kind of biting my tongue here because all throughout the preseason, all throughout training camp, and just on the show in the last couple of years, I've said I don't know if Philip Kershev has the consistency or the true offensive game to be a top liner for this Blackhawks team. He's looking like a top liner so far out there with Connor Bedard this season. He's been great. The speed has been good. And the biggest thing for Kershev, the consistency, it's been there on a nightly basis. And we had seen these flashes over the last couple of years, but the consistency had really been the one thing that's been nagging him. 10 points through 10 games, awesome uptick in terms of consistency so far for Philip Kershev this season. Uh, Don't let Lucas Reichel get hot, by the way, Blackhawks fans. Lucas Reichel now has three points in his last four games. I thought he was dynamite on that top line with Bedard and Kurashev. He's now getting an opportunity there. He's now getting an opportunity on the top power play unit. We've been screaming this to the heavens as Blackhawks fans for basically a month, a month and a half now. It's awesome to see Lucas Reichel finally get these chances. I think it's well-deserved, and hopefully he'll be able to keep the ball rolling here because after that quiet start, I'm sure he wasn't having a lot of fun, but he's got an opportunity to have a lot of fun next to good old number 98 and Philip Kurashev, who, as I just outlined, has been tremendous as well. And my third takeaway, the secondary scoring just continues to come up empty for the Blackhawks. I kind of talked about this a little bit in segment one, but man, the defensemen for the Blackhawks, I believe they're still stuck on just two goals this season. Seth Jones hasn't scored. Connor Murphy hasn't scored. Wyatt Kaiser hasn't scored. I believe the goals have come from Kevin Korchinski. And Nikita Zaitsev, I believe those are the two defensemen with goals for the Blackhawks this season. They need some more help from the back end, and they need some more help from the, the depth guys. It feels like it's kind of gone a little bit quiet, and the, the usual suspects, again, have been carrying the mail for the Blackhawks. It was nice to see Taylor Radish finally get on the board, but just his third goal of the season, we need more out of him. We need a little bit more out of Nick Felino here recently, and the fourth line has been really quiet for the Blackhawks as well. Maybe time to get Boris Kachuk back in there because I do think he's been playing some pretty good hockey and having Reese Johnson in there just isn't going to amount to a lot of offense. He's not in there for offensive reasons. So Hawks need a little bit of a jumble up, I believe. They need uh, some more secondary scoring if they want to help snap this losing streak that they're going through right now as it has officially reached four games 
following a 4-2 loss to the Preds on Saturday and a 3-2 loss to the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday. All right, Hawks fans, coming up in just a minute here, I will get into how the Hawks special teams is really costing them games right now, especially with a lot of them being one or two goal contests. But first, I need to talk to you all about eBay Motors. Well, where is eBay Motors? Sorry, folks. Going to have to pull this up. There we go. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything that you need to maintain your vehicle and to level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. Plus, with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or else you'll get your money back. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. With all the parts you need at prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and to bring home that win. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day. Once again, please make sure to go and show some support by smashing the like button, commenting down below, and subscribing to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. And also, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram as well. Something pretty big is going down tomorrow, and I've hinted at that on the Lockdown Blackhawks Instagram account these last couple of weeks. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Today's your last chance to go and check it out. So again, please go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks on Instagram. Some really cool stuff there is going down tomorrow. All right, segment three. Let's talk for a moment about how special teams is really costing this Blackhawks team right now. And it's kind of been a double-edged sword for them recently because not only has it been the penalty kill woes, but it's also been the power play. Both ends have just been absolutely brutal for the Blackhawks and have been a big part of their losing ways here in the month of November. So far, the Hawks have played seven games in November. They're 2-5-0, and oh, and most of those losses have been technically one-goal games. The empty netter kind of makes it look a little bit further, a uh, bigger, uh, larger margin of victory, I guess I should say, than it really is. But it comes back to me, the special teams is killing this Blackhawks team right now and is the reason why they're losing a lot of these close games. The penalty kill for the Blackhawks, as I've re referenced on social media, they've now given up a power play goal in eight straight games. And because of that, the Hawks power play has dropped all the way down from uh, top 10 in the NHL, which they were through their first five or six, which was pretty impressive considering the gauntlet of the schedule that they went through with most of those games coming on the road. They're now all the way down to 19th in the league at 77.4%. And because it is so early, a lot of those teams are clustered. The Blackhawks are really only three percentage points away from being a bottom five penalty kill in the NHL, which is something they've been too comfortable with the last couple of years. A penalty kill has not been good. And I was really hoping after seeing what I saw early on in the season, that the penalty kill would, ready, would be ready to take strides in the right direction. It's gone the opposite way these last few weeks, and it feels like they haven't been able to tighten up the hatchet in front of the net. They're giving up a lot of gritty goals right out in front. They're also allowing teams to walk into the offensive zone way too easily, and it's almost like the things that they're allowing is kind of the format that they should be trying to emulate on the offensive side of things, but they just haven't been able to do so. 
Um, but going through the Blackhawks games here in the month of November, I mentioned they're two, five and L their losses have come to the New Jersey devils lost four to two, but that was with an empty netter. They lost four to three to the Florida Panthers. That was just a close game without an empty netter. They lost four to two to Tampa last week. Brandon Hagel hit the empty netter to seal the deal. So should have been a one goal game. The four, two game against Nashville on Saturday, Smith, uh, hit the empty netter for a second goal of the game. So technically a one goal margin as well. And then on Sunday against the Buffalo Sabres, they wind up dropping another one goal game, final score of three to two. And in all of those games, they're surrendering power play goals. So basically giving up a power play goal a game with a one goal final margin is like absolutely deflating this team right now. And then on the flip side, They're not able to help themselves out on the man advantage with the final outcome because they have the fourth worst power play in the entire NHL at 11.3%. They're three for 20 during the month of November. So basically while the power, while the penalty kill is giving up a goal per game, the Blackhawks are scoring one PPG every two or or three contests. And the math clearly just isn't adding up there in terms of uh, how you expect them to how you expect them to fare when those are what, what they're getting out of the special teams department. So for the penalty kill, look, I know there's a lot of young defensemen who are in the lineup and it's, it's a bit of a learning moment for them to kind of figure out where they have to be and what they have to do in order to have success in those areas. So I'm a little bit more lenient with the penalty kill struggles. The power play is where I'm absolutely flabbergasted because going back to the preseason and in training camp, the Blackhawks power play looked excellent. The puck movement looked super good. They were letting Connor uh, Bedard kind of roam all over, and it looked like he was going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with on the man advantage. And they just, I feel like they haven't weaponized him well enough. The passing has been terrible. The entries are actually awful. Like the Blackhawks is basically, well, Connor, please go and carry the puck into the offensive zone with us, even though you're five foot nine and probably going to get bodied at 18 years of age. Please do all the heavy lifting. Like, it seems like no one else is capable of doing anything in terms of carrying the puck into the offensive zone for the Blackhawks power play. That needs to change. Taylor Hall, you need to grow up. You need to start, <laughs> grow up. He's the oldest guy on the forward group but he needs to start playing like a veteran. I mean, the puck retrieval has been so bad for the Blackhawks. Lucas Reichel, that's probably the biggest flaw in his game right now is he still kind of plays like a little boy out there. He's getting bodying or bodied around. Connor Bedard, as I just mentioned, is still 18, so he's getting bodied. Uh, Corey Perry doesn't have the speed like he once did to go into the offensive zone and retrieve those pucks. And Seth Jones, man, I'm a Seth Jones backer, but he has been, excuse my language, he's been dog shit on the power play. His passing has been awful, and he doesn't he doesn't fake the defense out. He does the same thing every single shift on the man advantage, which is skate up the ice with some speed and then drop it to Connor Bedard. And everyone and their mother knows it's happening. I'm so sick of this drop pass. I'm so sick of it. If if the Blackhawks want some want something to change, I think Seth Jones needs to start taking the puck into the offensive zone. And quite honestly, I'm done with Seth Jones's poor play on the power play. To send him a message, I'd give Kevin Korchinski top top power play unit time, man. He's just been the better passer, and he's the better skater. And he's the one who actually wants to take the puck into the offensive zone himself. It seems like when the second unit comes out there, at least the, the penalty killers have to respect the speed that Kevin Korchinski plays with. It feels like they're not respecting Seth Jones' speed because they know he's not going to carry it into the offensive zone. He needs to be better. Shooting the puck at the top of the zone, he's faking it. 
not a lot of shots. The passes have been bad. I think to send a message to Seth, you give Kevin Korchinski some time on the top power play unit because 11.3%, the fourth worst power play in the NHL, it's not good enough after what we saw in training camp and in the preseason. And most importantly, look, they're not the most talented team in the league, but I do believe they have enough talent to not be awful on the power play. And that's what they've been so far this year is awful on the power play. And that's really costing them right now, especially when the penalty kill isn't able to stop the bleeding. This is a recipe for disaster for the Chicago Blackhawks and a huge reason why they've lost four consecutive games. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Locked On Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and go and subscribe to Locked On Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. Or you can go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.